You're listening to Heather Solves Everything, a show about discovering strengths and solving problems. So what are we waiting for? Let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of Heather Solves Everything. This is the show where I take credit for solving your problems by bringing the big questions of life to people with solutions. I'm Heather, and my friends call me Healthy Heather because I'm a national board certified health and wellness coach. That means that I work with folks to help them live healthy, balanced lives. It is my favorite thing to do. And so I'm glad that you're here because I created this show for you. If you like to dream big, work hard, make your dreams a reality and live boldly, then welcome home. This is your spot. And I made it for me too, because even though I'm a health coach, I'm on this everyday journey too. Living a healthy, balanced life is something that I have to show up for and work on just like you. So we're all in this together. Now, before we get into the show, do me a favor. Look for Heather Solves Everything on Facebook and Instagram. That's where I post all the extra stuff, and I'd love to connect with you there. And whatever podcast app you're listening on, click follow or subscribe to set up automatic downloads so you always have the latest episode waiting for you. Now, for this episode, I hope that it makes you very sleepy. That's because I've brought in an expert on sleep. My friend and colleague, Marjorie Jarrett, is here, and you're going to be glad because she's a registered dietitian here to help us understand how sleep can improve and affect all areas of our health and well-being. She's based out of Nashville, Tennessee, and her passion is working in health and well-being. In fact, that's how we met. We both coach for a company called Wellview Health, where we can bring a holistic approach to our clients. And Marjorie blends their nutritional needs with the other lifestyle elements that support healthy habits. You'll hear today that she also has a personal story that makes her work even more meaningful. And Marjorie, I'm so glad that you're here today. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me here, Heather. Are you ready to solve everything? Yes. <laughs> Let's get into Let's it. Let's go. All right. Okay, Marjorie. I ask you to be here today because you led a discussion about sleep health in a meeting that we had at work, and I had so many additional questions that I was inspired to learn more. And my first question is, how did you sleep last night? I actually slept well last night. It was a good night of sleep for me. Awesome. I can't wait to hear what you do, what your personal practices are for getting a good night's sleep and being able to share that with everyone who's listening today. But I'm curious, what inspired you to learn about sleep and health and the connection between them? Yes. Well, as a registered dietitian, Health and wellness, as you said before, has always been my passion and getting to return back to that in the workforce a little over a year ago, I was studying more up on women's hormones due to my current age as well. And I saw how sleep has such an effect on that. In addition to um, having a very pivotal life event for me, um, last May, I was uh, diagnosed with um, breast cancer and 
I noticed just through different patterns that my sleep was something that had been taking a toll on me for years. And that was something that I needed to get under control. Wow. Nothing like your body showing up and saying, hey, pay attention. This needs to happen. Exactly. What type of signals did you see or notice in your own life that made you realize that you needed to start paying attention and listening differently? I was tired and fatigued all the time. Sort of that brain fog you have during the day. Um, I could go to sleep, no problem. But waking up during the middle of the night, anytime, anytime between one and three, I may or may not go back to sleep. And as time progressed in a couple of like over two to three year pattern, um, just with the different stresses of life, work, that window kept getting bigger and bigger during the night, no matter what I was doing. I didn't realize at the time that a lot of shifts were happening in my body with my hormones. I was allowing stress to just really take hold of my life more than I was giving it credit for. Um, getting up too early in the morning, just not having and paying attention to the rest and sleep that I needed. It's something that's just so universal. I hear it all the time in my work. And, you know, sometimes sleep is elusive because of a racing mind and not being able to quiet our thoughts. Sometimes it's because of um, other demands, you know, work, life, family, you know, the, 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 the to-do list that, that keeps us going. Other times I hear people say, you know, staying up and watching TV or playing games on my phone or reading a book, that's like mm. my downtime. And if I go to bed, I never have time for myself. Did you notice these things in your life? Did you notice things that were keeping you from having a good night's sleep? Absolutely. I mean, you hit the nail on the head there, Heather. I felt like I needed downtime. I was working probably close to 10 hours a day, felt like I was on call a lot, um, just couldn't escape my work. So I would go to a lot of things that was inhibiting my sleep. I was letting my mind race and bringing work, you know, bringing work home with me, being on my phone, as you mentioned, just so I could kind of escape and have mindlessness, um, which was really not doing any benefits for me at all. It sounds like you, you recognize the signs, but you still maybe didn't quite connect all of the dots until your mm -hmm. health really started to deteriorate. Correct. I started taking a little bit back control um, a year ago in January by um, starting a new job, having different work hours, having a different type of job. Um, so I felt like I was getting things back into gear and I was starting to sleep so much better. And then things kind of took a turn with that diagnosis, for sure. And what did you do when you got that diagnosis of breast cancer and realized that you needed to make some changes in your life? At first, I guess it was a shock because I was like, I eat healthy, you know, mm -hmm. um, I'm an active person. Um, but it, it made me realize that I had just ignored too long the signals of stress. And we we need to become more observers of that flight or fight mechanism that we, you know, I think we push it away and push it down so much and ignore it that we don't realize 
that we can be constantly living in that state. And that affects so many things about our health and specifically our sleep. So your your professional work is as a registered dietitian. So you're working one-on-one with people to help them make sense of of the role of food in their life, have mm-hmm. a healthy relationship with food, you know, how to make sure that they're fueling themselves properly. And so now you're bringing in, you know, this other lifestyle element of sleep. And do you find that there that people see the connection between sleep and their health the same way that they do food and their health? No, they really don't. They're always surprised, Um, especially working with women, even men, but particularly women. um, I'm always like, what time do you go to bed? What time do you get up? They don't realize that sometimes if, say, one of their goals is to lose weight, um, that not getting that adequate sleep and sleeping at the right times during the night can really affect their metabolism. It can affect um, different hormones in their body. that is the light bulb goes over my head when you say metabolism and hormones because you know we're both you know at a stage of life where things are starting to change and it's frustrating when you feel like you're finally getting to know yourself and then everything is starting to work differently and especially when you're waking up with hot flashes and you're not able to fall back asleep it feels like how am I even going to get this going if I can't if I can't even fall asleep? So mm-hmm. I hope that today we're going to be able to hear some solutions from you, some ideas of ways that we can um, create an environment where we can have healthy sleep patterns, um, ways that we can understand, you know, our um, our own patterns in life. Look for opportunities where we can start to create a change, and then be able to identify what our personal priorities are for our health and and how the the choices that we make are influencing whether or not those priorities can get get the attention that they need and and be in center stage can you help us with that today i sure hope so that's what i'm here for excellent (laughs) all right guys well you came to the right place i hope that you are in a comfy spot You're able to get some rest because by the end of this episode, you are going to be ready for bed. Stay with us. It's Coach Healthy Heather, and you're listening to Heather Solves Everything. Hey, thanks for listening. If you're enjoying today's show, come on over to Facebook and Instagram. That's where I post all of the extra stuff, and I'd love to connect with you there. Don't go anywhere. The conversation continues right now. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. This is Coach Healthy Heather. And I'm thinking that I should have played lullabies today instead of all this fun music because we're talking about sleep. Do you, do you get enough sleep? How did you sleep last night? Do you even know? Do you wear one of those fancy watches that tells you about the quality of the sleep that you got last night? Or do you look at your data? My husband looks at his data and he'll let me know how much 
deep sleep he got, how much of his sleep was interrupted by me getting up to go work out early in the morning. Do you pay attention to that? Do you even know? You're going to know a lot more about what your needs are for sleep by the end of this episode because my friend and colleague Marjorie Jarrett is here. She's a registered dietitian and she also works with her clients to make sure that they have healthy sleep habits that can help them have a holistic approach to the way that they um, balance their lives. And we're talking today about her personal experiences with realizing that she was wearing herself out and needed to pay more attention to the way she cared for herself and started a passion of working in sleep health. So Marjorie, I've got a question. You mentioned earlier that um, people are sometimes surprised to find out how much of an impact sleep has on their health. What do you find is the most surprising thing that people don't realize about sleep? I think they really don't realize that they can actually be more efficient in their daily lives in so many areas, cognitively, mood-wise, um, just at job performance, dealing, handling stress in their life if they would just get more sleep. Because there's a saying, everything we do is done better with sleep. So you said, just get more sleep. We know that's yes. not... It's, that's easier said than done. You know, like if there if it was easy to get a good night's sleep, we wouldn't have all of this research teaching us about how to do it. Mm -hmm. So how, what is one of the biggest hurdles for people being able to get the sleep that they need? One, the number one biggest hurdle is technology. Mm -hmm. It really affects our internal body clock. Um, it can delay the melatonin at night. It can disrupt our circadian rhythm, which that both of those factors are huge when it comes to sleep. We're tempted by our phones. We're checking those final emails before we go to bed. We're watching TV to wind down at night. There's blue light constantly around us. Um, we may have all the lights on in our house versus bringing them down. Did we get up and start our day with the sunshine and go outside? Or have we been inside all day with artificial lights? So I would have to say technology is probably the number one thing. Wow. You know, I, every time I read another story on how to get more effective sleep, turning off the technology before, like a lot earlier in the evening is the tip that I try to implement. And I mm -hmm. feel like I've done a better job with it, but I'm still not where I need to be. Me either. <laughs> now, sometimes people will tell me that they don't actually need very much sleep, that they can survive on four hours of sleep. I remember reading Martha Stewart says you don't need more than four hours of sleep. And, you know, being a, a high um, a high performing person who wants to like squeeze out every little bit of efficiency out of the day. I was really inspired by that because I, I was like, oh, Martha Stewart, she's so successful. If she only sleeps four hours a night, then I probably only need to sleep four hours a night too. And I wonder how much are we kidding ourselves with that? Is there any truth to um, certain people not needing as much sleep as others? No, there really can't be because the average hours of sleep is about six. And that's the same as staying awake for two days. You know, if you only get six hours, 
a day over and over and over again. Um, and they even say one, one study I looked at in a statistic was if you're awake for 16 hours, that can have the same effect as like your, um, what blood alcohol does at a legal limit. So, um, we really need seven to eight hours of sleep. And there's a lot of reasons why. So are you talking about like that cumulative gap where, you know, we need the, you know, eight hours is, you know, the, the, what they say is, is the average, the, the big they, you know, um, eight mm -hmm. hours of sleep is what we should be aiming for. But if we consistently only get six, then there's this two hour gap. And then if mm -hmm. the next night we get six hours, and so then we have a four hour you know, kind of sleep deficit, and then it's an eight hour deficit. And if this continues on and on, what you're saying is that that cumulative effect is, a, is the same as being awake for like four days at a time. It can be, yes. And that that impact has the same effect on our body that having a large amount of alcohol, mm -hmm. a, which would be slowing your motor skills, you know, impairing mm -hmm. your decision making, you know, and, and things like that. Correct. With cognitive, like, yes, thinking, our reactions, um, our moods. Exactly. I hadn't thought about it in that kind of a cumulative way before, but mm -hmm. that makes perfect sense. You just, that gap gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So then mm -hmm. is it, is it true that on the weekend you can sleep for like 14 hours and catch up? <laughs> Well, honestly, they'll say most sleep experts will tell you it's better to go to bed at the same time and get up at the same time. It's it's better for your hormonal responses. Um, it's better to get good sleep habits created if we function more that way. Not to say that you might sleep a little bit more on the weekends, but it's not necessarily going to be a makeup time. Now, tell me about the difference between sleep and rest, because I have, I've never been a napper, but in recent years, I have started to incorporate um, maybe 15 or 20 minutes of just having rest where I just kind of, I might like just lie down on the couch and, you know, try to not actually fall asleep, but just give my eyes a rest from the computer screen, give my brain a rest from, you know, constantly answering questions. Is that as beneficial as sleep? Oh, yes. I mean, rest it helps us relax. We're still aware and we're conscious, but it helps us take that mental or physical break that our bodies need. And, and again, can help us be more efficient and productive in our day, whatever we're doing. So not falling asleep during that time is the real trick. Just making it a rest. <laughs> right, right. Now, if you were to fall asleep, the recommendation is not to take more than a 20 minute nap. And boy, did I find myself you know, maybe just two years ago from now, um, taking every Sunday afternoon, taking these huge long naps just to mentally and physically prepare for the week, which was not healthy. And now the huge change for me is I don't take naps anymore. And I've always seemed to have been a nap person. And so that's new and huge. And I feel like that helps me sleep better at night too. What type of lifestyle changes did you put into place to make that transition from needing three-hour naps on the weekend to now not needing a nap at all? For me, it was a work schedule change. 
um, it was putting my phone away earlier at night, not sleeping with my phone in the room. I have it in a completely different room. Um, caffeine being cut off by noon and a huge reduction in my caffeine um, because the sleepier we are, the more we feel like we need to have those stimulators to keep us awake. Um, so those were some huge things. Um, just making sure I wake up with the sunlight, um, getting outside more. I've never been outside more in probably the past five years than I have in the past year. So um, th those are some of the small changes that I feel like I've made that have been huge. Yeah. I mean, just having that lifestyle that is um, kind of taken down a notch where you can start to have consistency in your day. Yes. And one other big thing we take, um, we turn down all the lights in our house. So like you'd probably drive by and think no one's at home starting at seven, you know, whenever the sun goes down seven or eight o'clock. Um, and another thing, keeping your room cooler at night can be huge. Um, having a good circulation of air. I also tried lavender oil at night when I was trying to get into the rhythms and habits of sleeping better um, at night. So those are some huge things that have helped me. So guys, we're going to include all of Marjorie's tips in the show notes. So you can refer back and um, get her expert advice on how you can start to create a healthy sleep environment for yourself and start looking for opportunities where you can start making lifestyle shifts so that better sleep can happen for you. When we come back from the break, I've got some questions for Marjorie about how food and sleep work together. I am curious to know what's going to happen as I get older. So stay with us. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Healthy Heather, and I'm so excited to announce that my book is ready for you to pre-order. It's called Happy Healthy You, Breaking the Rules for a Well-Balanced Life. I wrote this book because the healthy living to-do list is short and simple. Eat healthy, exercise, get some rest, and don't stress out. But knowing and doing are two different things. So help is here. We're going to explore how to understand your values and priorities, set boundaries, create a true vision for your life, and enjoy the benefits of healthy living right now. It's a 52-week guide, your path to finding a healthy lifestyle that suits your unique needs. Each entry includes a story with inspiration and advice, as well as a journaling prompt, weekly assignment, and reflection questions. I can't wait for you to read it. It'll be in stores May 2022, but you can pre-order it now wherever books are sold. Welcome back, everybody. This is Coach Healthy Heather, and you're listening to Heather Solves Everything. And today we are solving the problem of being tired. Well, not really. We're really talking about ways that you can promote better sleep, which should solve the problem of being tired. 
My guest today is Marjorie Jarrett. She's a registered dietitian based out of Nashville, and she happens to be my friend and coworker. I'm so glad that you're here, Marjorie. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here today. <laughs> well, we've been having a lot of fun with Marjorie telling us things that we already know. We need to be taking better care of ourselves. But the part that we don't always know is how we do that. You know, like we know that we're supposed to be doing all of these things, but we've got so much to do. And um, getting to the point where we're ready to take action on that is is the tricky part. So that's why we're here. Now, before we went to the break, I let Marjorie know that I had some questions about what was going to happen to me as I get older if I don't start getting my sleep habits in a better place. Because as we all know, as the years click by, it gets harder to keep up with ourselves. So Marjorie, this is the big question. How does sleep affect my body's ability to do what it needs to do so that I can do all the things that I want to do? And by this, I'm speaking about my metabolism, how I keep going. Mm, that's a great question. So, it, you know, we need to make sure we're nourishing our bodies during the day. How much caffeine are we having? We talked earlier about cutting off caffeine earlier in the day and um, setting ourselves up for better sleep at night. How much alcohol do we take in? That can be a huge one as well, too. Um, and, and then the other one is how much food are we or when do we cut off at night from when we're eating? Um, when we don't get that sleep during the night, and I want to talk in a minute about the pivotal hours, then our body or we're waking up during the night, our body's increasing its cortisol production. Well, what does cortisol do? It's a stress hormone. It keeps us in fight or flight. It makes us be feel a little bit more anxious. Um, and that cortisol is very notorious for wanting that belly fat to kind of, it wants our body to hold on to fat because it's in that fight or flight mode. So tell me about those pivotal hours. Are you saying that there are um, hours that are ideal for us to be resting so that our body can operate at tip-top condition? There really are. The hours of 10 to 6 are the most ideal. And I know that's hard for some people, but this was a huge game changer for me. Um, I was getting up at 4, 4.30 every morning. So I was getting up in the dark, going to bed in the dark. I didn't have that um, natural daylight in my life. Um, but between the hours of 10 to 2, I have a lot of people will tell me, oh, I stay up till 11 or 1130. I'm a night owl. Well, just changing your sleep, turning off that phone, turning off the distractors, pivoting by 15 minutes every day until you've worked up to see what 10 o'clock bedtime would look like for you. Because between 10 and 2 a.m., our body goes into that first stage of deep sleep. It secretes human growth hormone for, needed for cell repair and regeneration. I talk to people about how this is healing and restoration during this time for our bodies. So this time between 10 o'clock, so if we're able to get ourselves in bed and nice and comfy, cozy by 10 o'clock, then our body can start to relax, start to fall asleep, start to mm -hmm. do its repair, all the things that it needs to do overnight to be ready for the next day. And by 2 a.m. is when we are having our best sleep. 
Yes, um, between yes, between 10 and 2 a.m. Um, during during that time. And then after the 2 a.m., we go more into that REM sleep, the rapid eye movement. And then each the all four, there's four sleep cycles, but we go through in and out of those four sleep cycles through the night. But that deepest sleep is those first four hours of sleep that we really need for restoration and repair for our bodies. It's always fascinating to me to see um, when somebody does track their sleep on a on a smartwatch, and I don't know how accurate those are, but to see how mm-hmm. how quickly and how frequently uh, they change from one type of sleep to the next. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that it was that big of a change throughout such a short period of time. Yes. It can't. That's why it's so important for those seven to eight hours. So our body can have that, those, you know, first four hours of restoration and healing. And then the other things that go on during the other cycles that tend to get shorter and shorter and shorter until we wake up in the morning. So does that explain why I wake up almost every single night at 2.30 in the morning and then I sleep for like an hour at a time and wake up and look at the clock to find out what time it is until it's time for me to get up for my run at 5 a.m. Oh, goodness. Take that clock out of your room. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you've never met me before. I I get up at 4.40 in the morning and start my day in the dark, which now I know Mm -hmm. is not a good idea. Um, And but I am good at getting in bed. But then I read until I fall mm-hmm. asleep. That's okay. I mean, reading is a good way to relax and prepare our bodies for sleep. Um, it's good. You know, we need to find the things that help us emotionally, physically, mentally, and it's going to look different for everyone. Well, I'm glad you said that because, you know, I I can only think of all of the times that I've heard somebody say, oh, well, yeah, okay, so I'll just stop what I'm doing and go to bed. I can't do that. I don't have the option to um, change mm-hmm. my job schedule, or I've got, you know, five kids that all have homework, or, you know, my husband, you know, the only time that I get to talk to him is at night, and I want to watch my TV shows, and this is my me time. But when we have this this scenario that is, you know, very common and very valid, but then also have this appreciation for but yes, I do want to make sleep a priority. I understand the value that it brings to my life. I understand the longevity that it brings to my body. And I, I want the benefits of that. But like, where do I start? What's your advice? My advice is start with what speaks the loudest to you um, and what kind of what's the easiest. Some people work with easy goals first. Some people like more challenges first, but things that are super easy are turning the lights down and dimming the lights in the house, um, getting off your phone, setting healthy boundaries with work. Um, And I think most workplaces would honor that, you know, as much as they could. Sometimes it's passing on some social invitations. Um, are, Are you spending a lot of time on your social media? Is that encouraging you or is that a negative in your life? Um, And then the same goes for setting our day up in the morning can literally help us set our night up for success by what do we connect with the first time of the day. So we have to ask ourselves what we're willing to do and why are we wanting to do this for ourselves and then start small and focus on the good. I love it. I love it. You're speaking my language. I mean, that is 
you know, right where where I would go also, you know, starting with where do you mm-hmm. feel like you're the most likely to be successful? What's going to be the easiest way for you to start tweaking things? And I love the idea of how a change in the lighting can help mm-hmm. prepare your body for sleep. It really does. I mean, we have to ask ourselves, what are those non-negotiables too? And, and hold ourselves to the standard. It doesn't hurt to see what going to bed a little bit earlier and turning off, missing that favorite show that maybe you can watch on the weekend. Um, What about skipping two instead of two cups of coffee in the morning, just having one, you know, caffeine affects us all differently. Um, How much sugar is in your diet throughout the day? That's a huge stimulant and it can stay in our body for up to five hours. So did you have something sweet after dinner? Is that why you're, you know, ask yourself, is that why I'm waking up in the middle of the night? Is my, are my blood sugars changing or am I having a crash? Is, you know, something happening with that? Um, it's all connected. So there's a lot, yeah, all can, it's so interconnected and intertwined, like kind of like a spider web is what I tell people all the time. Yeah, you can't ever change just one thing. Um, But the good news is that by changing one thing, you can start Mm -hmm. the domino effect that can lead to a lot of things changing. And what I'm hearing from you is that sense of curiosity. What if I started to scale back the caffeine? What if I went to bed 15 minutes earlier? What if Mm -hmm. I turned down the lights or made a commitment to um, turn off my social media and, and my digital media Um, by a certain time in the evening and just see what happens. If I like it, do it again. Exactly. (laughs) And and add something to it. Exactly. Like pair it with something you're already doing. Mm -hmm. Yep. That habit stacking is a great way to get you there. Okay, guys, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. This is stuff that you can start doing today. I hope that something has bubbled up for you during the course of this conversation that has given you an idea of how you can start cultivating better sleep in your life. And when we come back from the break, I've got another idea of how you can start getting the best sleep of your life. Stay with us. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything, and we'll be right back. Hey, thanks for listening. If you're enjoying today's show, come on over to Facebook and Instagram. That's where I post all of the extra stuff. And I'd love to connect with you there. Don't go anywhere. The conversation continues right now. Welcome back, everybody. It's Coach Healthy Heather. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. Are you feeling sleepy? You got to stay awake for a few more minutes because we're almost done solving the problem of sleep. We've been talking with my friend Marjorie Jarrett. She's a registered dietitian who also specializes in sleep. And she's been helping us get to the point where we are ready to start doing the small things that help us to get better sleep. Things like turning off our technology a little bit earlier, changing the lighting in our home, getting into bed just 15 minutes earlier, believe it or not, it can make a difference and keep us from getting into that sleep deficit that can make us feel like zombies after we've been awake for days and days on end. So 
I hope that you have been able to jot down a few ideas that you're excited about. Now, I know that some of this healthy loving stuff is easier said than done. I mean, if getting more sleep was easy, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. But sometimes what keeps us from getting enough rest is not knowing when or how to let go of the issues in our lives that trap us in destructive cycles. So I've got some ideas for you. Get ready. I'm about to get coachy on you. A few years ago, I overheard my son and a friend talking about an interaction that they had with someone at school who was being argumentative. I listened to them discuss how frustrating it was for them when they couldn't get out of the debate. And then I smiled when I heard my son's friend say, we just have to let go of the rope. In his mind, engaging with the other student was like picking up a rope for a battle of tug of war. I was thrilled. I didn't know how he came to that conclusion, who he heard that from, but I was glad that he knew he didn't have to play that game. He could stop pulling, drop the rope, and opt out of that stressful situation. I hope that sticks with him as he becomes an adult because it takes a long time for us to learn that. Sometimes life feels like a tug of war, doesn't it? We're in the middle being yanked from side to side as competing priorities try to gain our undivided attention. It can often seem like we don't really get to choose where our energy goes. Other times, we're on one side of the rope, trying to pull experiences and achievements towards us. And of course, the harder we pull, the more invested we become, and the more determined we are to win the prize of having won. In fact, we spend so much time pulling on that rope, pulling experiences and achievements over the obstacles, over the rugged surface of resistance, through whatever gets thrown in our way to distract us from our course, that eventually we wonder, why does this have to be so hard? We think it shouldn't be this hard. We feel like we've been tugging and pulling or being pulled for so long that we don't even want to be in the fight anymore. Because we cannot do it all at the same time. And especially when we now know the value of rest in our lives, sometimes we have to let go of some of this stuff so that we can care for ourselves. There are times when it's time to pull and there are times when we have to let go. So I invite you to consider what you might be pulling on or what might be pulling you, and whether it's worth hanging on to. So how do we choose what to pull? Some things are worth the effort. Some things are worth the late nights. Some things are worth pulling into your life. When you're facing a health crisis, a scary diagnosis, or other urgent needs to change your habits, it is worth the energy to change the trajectory of your life. And that might feel like pulling. That might be how when Marjorie was diagnosed with breast cancer and she knew I need to start pulling on some of those habits and get them into my life because my life depends on it. That type of change can be hard and we're set in our ways. Sometimes pulling means challenging ourselves to turn down the opportunity to lead another committee, 
or to spearhead another community effort. That's not easy to do. Pulling might mean not having that second glass of wine when everyone else is so that you can have a restful night of sleep. It's difficult to pull sometimes, but it can be worth the effort when the payoff can change the trajectory of your life. And that's the conversation that we've been having. What is it worth to you to pull in the habits that are going to help you create better sleep habits in your life? What's worth it to pull in so that you can have those benefits of your mind, your body, and your spirit when your body is fully rested and wakes up ready to operate at its best potential? Now, as a health coach, I want that change process to be organic and natural. I want this to happen when we're ready for it. But in reality, there are times when we have to force that type of change. There are times when we have to pull. But how do we know when to let go? You know, there are times when we have to let go. And that's hard too, because everyone loves a fighter. We love to cheer for the underdog. We love it when somebody beats the odds and overcomes a challenge. We love that person that won't give up. And sometimes it's that badge of honor when we take on every project, we take on everything, and we feel like some type of a hero for never needing a rest and never needing a break. Now, while some of those goals are admirable and lead to great achievements, sometimes they come at a time in our lives when the amount of energy that they require is at a detriment to our, her health and well-being. I learned this lesson personally when I tried to simultaneously run a health coaching business, care for a newborn, train for a marathon, and continue juggling all of the balls that were already in the air. My body started to shut down. And that decision was made for me when I started to be having physical signs of stress that as a health professional, I knew where they were going to lead. I had to let go. I had to press pause on some of my business goals until I could devote more energy to them. I had to change my running goals to something that gave me the, the challenge of training without the exhaustion of training for a marathon. I had to let go of some of the other obligations that I had in life so that I could pull in the habits that helped me take care of myself. You know, they say you can't pour from an empty cup. And when you don't get enough sleep, that cup never gets an opportunity to fill up. So here are some signs that it's time to let go of the rope. If you've got so many ropes that you're pulling and pulling and you're not sure which one you can let go of, here's some ways you can know. When you're feeling like it shouldn't be this hard. When you're working really, really hard for results that are elusive at best, it's time to let go. When you start feeling resentful about working so much harder and not enjoying the process, that's a rope that you can let go of. When you realize that you've been working on the same goal for a really long time and you haven't seen the amount of change that warrants the amount of energy that you've invested, that's a rope that you can let go of. Letting go doesn't always feel like a responsible option and sometimes it's not even that practical. We can't necessarily let go of our responsibilities. 
But we can let go of other people's expectations for us. We can let go of what we said we were going to do in the cases where it's not going to matter in the long run. I'm sure that you've heard it before. If you love something, set it free. If it comes back, it's meant to be. And there are going to be times when letting go is a relief. There will be times when letting go feels like giving up. Like when we have to say goodbye to someone who's been a toxic influence in our lives despite our best efforts. Go ahead and mourn that feeling of loss, but remind yourself of what you gain as a result. If it's helpful, keep a journal where you can record the benefits that you experience as a result of not pulling on that rope anymore. Look around and enjoy the life that you were missing out on when you were so focused on that rope. I look forward to hearing what you let go of and what you realize you can press pause on so that you can care for yourself and get the health benefits that you need so that you can start pulling in everything that you want. Guys, we did it. We solved another problem with a little help from our friends. Marjorie, thank you for being here today. It was my pleasure. I loved it. And yes, we're all in this together, Heather. Well, thank you for being here. I can't wait to share more of your tips in the future. And guys, you can stay in touch with me and the show on Facebook. Just look for Heather Solves Everything. And if you have a problem to solve, visit me at heathersolveseverything.com and click on Solve My Problems. We will get it done together. Thanks for listening, guys. I'm Healthy Heather, and I'm always here to help you solve everything. To connect with Heather and find out more about today's show, just look for Heather Solves Everything on Facebook and Instagram. With a little help from your friends, you can solve everything, too. 